Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's time for Next Gen Friday. We are so excited about the future of our fellowship that we highlight the 40 and under pastors of CFM. We hope you are inspired by the deep bench of pastors and leaders coming up around the world. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Good evening. Thank you for coming tonight. Isn't it good to be in the house of God? Good things happen when you come to church. Good things are not happening out there in the world, but good things happen when you come into the house of God. I really do appreciate this opportunity to minister here tonight. I'm going to be ministering out of two scriptures, Ephesians 5, 14 to 16, and Colossians 4, 5. If I could get a little bit more monitor in the front. I like to yell a lot, so I need a lot more monitors. Thank you, brother. Who's got their Bibles here tonight? Bibles made out of physical paper. Let me see those Bibles. I only see two. So I want to make sure I'm preaching to a Christian church, amen. Ephesians 5, 14 to 16. Now before we read our scripture, I have to apologize in advance. I'm an evangelist. I'm not a politician. I come to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Thank God the gospel is still the good news. Not the fake news of CNN, MSNBC. This is the good news for us today. Amen. You know, politicians, they have a gift. They could talk for two hours and say absolutely nothing. Thank God the gospel is short and sweet. Amen. If you have your Bible, say amen. If you don't, say wait. Okay, let's read. Ephesians 5, 14 to 16. Awake thou that sleepest. It's talking to those who are sleeping in service. And arise from the dead, Christ shall give thee light. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Colossians 4, 5. Walk in wisdom towards those who are outside, redeeming the time. Turn to your neighbor and say, redeem the time. Turn to your other neighbor, that second choice of yours. And say, redeem the time. Social distancing, right? True story of this, this pastor. He was in his church. And in his, in his church, he had this young single lady. And the problem was is that all the disciples wanted to, they wanted to build a relationship with her. They wanted to talk to her. But she kept on rejecting everybody. So the pastor talked to this young lady. And, and she said that God, the reason why she was rejecting everybody is because God spoke to her, her life verse. And that was, that I was, it was out of Romans. And she said, the reason why I reject everyone, because God spoke to me in Romans. I will not have you, oh ignorant brethren. <laughs> many years have gone, and so many years have passed, and she's not as young as she used to be anymore. She's a lot older. And no one's asking her out anymore. So the pastor comes up to her and says, hey, uh, has God spoken to you? Has any other life verses? She says, yes, pastor. He spoke to me out of revelations. And God said, if any man hear my voice, uh, let him come quickly. <laughs> now in 2015, 
couple of years ago. I had a, I had a, uh, I was in Singapore at the time, and I had the privilege of spending a whole week with evangelist Reinhard Bonnke, this great, amazing German evangelist that shook the nations of the world. And in these settings, one of them asked, you know, I remember he was telling the story how what his dad came to him, and all of his brothers and sisters, they were all educated. They had all of their degrees, and his father asked him, he says, Reinhard, what are you going to do with your life? And he said, I don't want to give my life to all of these worldly pursuits. He says, I want to use my hand to build God's kingdom. I want to use my mouth to preach the eternal gospel. And it's through his little life that at the time of his death, he died at 79 years old, but his ministry was counted for 79 million people, one for Christ. And how one life has made such an impact in the time that we're living in. Nations and cities have been shaken. They still feel the impact of his life. Now in our scripture, it, rem it says that verse. It says that same statement twice. Redeem the time. The Bible never wastes words. Whenever the Bible says one thing and then a second thing the same way, there's an exclamation point on that. So God is asking us to pay attention because this is right. This is really important, redeeming the time. Now, God created time. Time is so diverse and complicated, you cannot fast forward it, you cannot rewind it. It only goes moment by moment by moment. You can't stop it, you can't hold it back, time keeps going. My Israeli grandmother, when one of her favorite songs when she was alive was that old song from Rolling Stones. Maybe some of you know that song. You know, time is on my side. Yes, it is. Thank God I'm not doing special music, amen. They're going to charge me for noise pollution. But time really is not on our side. Time is working, and it's always going forward. And in this room tonight, there's many different people from different generations, different background. But no matter how young or how old you are, what kind of background you were born in, every single person in this world is born with 24 hours every single day. Every one of us, time has no prejudice, nor does it have any preference. We all have 24 hours in one day to use. Life is measured by time. People can ask you, sometimes they'll ask you how old you are. What they're really asking you is, how is your life? Some of you have probably been 23 for 10 years straight, praise the Lord. You know, in the, island they have the, in the islands, they have a tradition where it's that the younger always pays respect to the older. And so in one of my, my pastor friend's churches, he was preaching, and there's this one visitor, and he was so excited. You know, he was, he was thrilled at the pastor preaching. After the service, he asked my pastor friend, he says, hey, Pastor Wilder, how old are you? And at the time, he was like, you know, I can't remember what age, but he said, I'm, you know, in his 30s, late 30s. And so that guy said, huh, that's interesting. And he never saw that same guy again. In my churches, when I pastored, nobody knew my age, nothing at all. I will not say or do anything that will be used against me in a court of law. But life is measured by time. 
Life is lived out by the time we invest into it. When life ends, ultimately it's because our time stops. When you die, you transfer from time into eternity. And our earthly minds cannot comprehend the vastness of eternity. Many, many, you could think about eternity, but you fully cannot grasp it. When I was, uh, I remember a couple of many, many years ago, there was this big musical festival on the island of Guam. I mean, there were thousands of people. And so I stole the microphone. And I remember preaching to over, it was probably 10 to 15,000 people. The first thing I said to that whole place uh, with all of the stereo on, it is appointed man once to die and then the judgment. And that whole crowd went absolutely silent. I mean, if you ever hear thousands of raw sinners drinking, doing drugs, absolutely silent. It's very, very strange. Because our minds cannot really comprehend eternity. Every one of us, when we die, ultimately, it's because of our time that stops in this earth. You know, God is so, God's ways are so simple, but unfathomable. I mean, how could you explain God who lives in eternity, an eternal God coming down and living amongst us? God Almighty, God the only begotten Son, living in the frailty of human flesh and then dying a horrible death on that cross. The salvation, the crucifixion, resurrection of Jesus, it blows our mind away because this is God stepping into time. Time can be measured by three different ways. The past, present, and the future. And sometimes we think that things are always going to stay the same. Sometimes you think about people and you're wondering, they're always going to stay the same. But that's not true because time keeps going. It's either you're going to be changing for the worse or for the better. How many of you have ever watched that old gospel movie, uh, M1028? You know that movie about hell? I remember when I first watched that movie, I was afraid. Man, I was speaking in tongues in that movie. I was deathly afraid of hell when it first came out. And then a couple years have passed, and I watched it again. And I looked at that movie, and I said, that's what I was afraid of? I mean, I was laughing more than I was actually afraid. The movie didn't change. It's just time kept on going forward. You know, every day, time is shaping us. Time is like a currency. Everything you put your time into, you're spending a currency in that. The great John Wesley, he spent his time preaching more than 4,000 sermons, sometimes from morning to evening, traveling over 250,000 miles on horseback. This is why he became such a great man of God, is because he spent his time in the things of the Lord. If you spend all of your time with your unsaved friends and family, then their influence will corrupt your godly character because it's a currency that you spend. If you spend all your time on social media and TikTok, hello, young people, don't look at me like you're so spiritual then you're just going to become a lifeless robot. We are what we spend our time in. If you spend your time with God, if you spend your time in the kingdom of God, then you will become like that. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. 
follow me and Jesus says I will make you when you follow Jesus and spend time with Jesus you become like him now the time we are spending is an investment into our eternity our decisions really do make an impact the Bible talks about in Hebrews chapter 12 uh, that there is a great cloud of witnesses uh, compassed around us uh, and they're looking at us in right now in the time that we have. They're looking towards us uh, to run the race uh, and to serve God effectively. The time, uh, every single choice we make right now makes an impact. That's why Jesus was talking about that widow woman where she gave all that she have, two of the lowest denomination, two pennies. But she said because of that offering, she gave more than the whole house combined. Our decisions in this time is making an impact in eternity. Now the nature of time is to destroy. When you travel the world... And no matter what culture you go to, what part of the world, every different culture has a false god that they worship that represents the god of time. And every different culture always talks about the god of time as a god that destroys. Whether the Greek god Kronos, this false god in, in Greek mythology, everywhere he went, a wave of destruction would follow him. Or you go to India and when you travel, you see this demonic looking idol with four hands and four swords. That Indian God represents the God of time set to destroy. Because time, the nature of time is to destroy. Every single day, time is wasting everything away. And if you don't believe me, then just take a picture of when you were 17 and look at yourself right now. Don't worry, young people, your time is coming. You know, after, after, 30, after you hit 30 years old, everything just pretty much goes south of the border. If you don't understand what that means, I'll, I'll explain that to you after the service. But there's something about time that's almost foreign to us. I mean, because the Bible says that God has put eternity into our hearts. Our spirit is meant to live forever, either forever in hell or forever in heaven. And this concept of time is sometimes foreign. That's why when you see somebody die, you go to their funeral and there's a violation. You can't understand it fully because God has put eternity into our own hearts. And this drives people crazy. People try and live their lives uh, to try and fight against time. Uh, they're searching for the fountain of youth. Men could spend countless hours in the gym doing steroids, but at the end of the day, they still talk like Mike Tyson <laughs> with all their protein shakes and everything. Women out there in the world, they're doing all the plastic surgery. There's so much plastic on them. When they die, you have to give their body to a Tupperware factory. I mean, something is wrong when you see a 50-year-old guy in skinny jeans. That just doesn't, it doesn't match. You know, people are trying to live, they're trying to live younger every single day. You can do Botox, you can become vegan, you can drink all the soy lattes in the world. But at the end of the day, time destroys everything. Time is wasting everything away. What does our scripture say, though? It says, we can redeem the time.
Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Jesus only lived for 33 years and his ministry was only three years and one of his disciples said, if you take all of the works of Jesus that he did in those three years and write them down in books, there will not be enough books in the world to document all of the miracles of Jesus. If you were to cut down every tree and make them into books, there would not be enough trees in this world to contain all of those miracles that Jesus did in just three years. Every day, Jesus was working. Jesus was doing miracles. He was redeeming the time. That word redeem, it means to buy it back, to regain possession of it. Time is a gift of God. And none of us here really know when our time will be over. But God has given us the time that we have, that we could redeem it, that we could use it for the kingdom and not use it for the vanity out there in this world, not use it for the ungodly pleasures. But God has given us time that we could redeem it. This is the purposes of God. Redemption is only something that happens in time. After we die and go to heaven, there's no more people to pray for. There's no more people to get healed. There's no more people to get delivered. Everybody in heaven is already saved, healed, and delivered. Redemption is only something that happens in time. You know, in the, that's why this whole idea of purgatory. You know, you could pray someone out of, you know, out of the dead and they can go to heaven in the, in the Catholic religion. There, there's not, there's nothing. That's just the biggest lie anybody can talk about. Because there's no hope after you die. There's really, you can't pray anybody out of hell into heaven. You know, the island's purgatory is one big excuse to make a lot of food, get drunk, and fight each other. And so, redempt, you know, here's, you study about Adam. And Adam, after he sinned, what did God do? God drove Adam out of the garden. And then he commanded an angel with flaming swords to guard the tree of life. And 
If Adam was to eat of the tree of life after he sinned, we would have all been hopeless. We would have all been lost. Redemption is something that happens only in time. Jesus came into this world, and then he died a bloody, horrible cross. And then he rose from the dead, and then he gives us the great commission the great commandment uh, that we should go uh, and preach the gospel like dying men uh, to a dying world. Uh, thank God uh, for all of the things that God does in your life. Uh, but the angels in heaven are not rejoicing uh, when you get healed in your body. And yes, that's good. The angels in heaven are not rejoicing uh, when you get a financial breakthrough. And yes, that's good as well. The only thing that the angels in heaven are rejoicing is when one sinner comes to Christ. When you pray for someone, when someone comes to the Lord, that is when all of heaven is rejoicing in glory. This is how we redeem the time. By living out the gospel, by living out all that the Bible talks about. This great revivalist, Leonard Ravenhill. He would always say his famous quote, is what you're living for worth Christ dying for? Is what you're living for worth Christ dying for? Whenever Jesus, when you study Jesus' ministry, every time Jesus spoke to someone, he always did it with an urgency, almost like an emergency. He was quickly praying, telling people to do things quickly. There was an urgency to the hour. And, you know, you read it all, you know, many people have different responses now. I'm not going to talk about the coronavirus. I'm sick about the coronavirus. I come to church to glorify Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. But people out there nowadays, they, they, they want to go back to how it was. Remember the good old days when you didn't have to wash your hand for two hours? <laughs> they want to go back to those days. And then there's other people, they want to go back to the new normal. The way God moved, Jesus moved in the Bible, there was an urgency. He was always trying to please the Father. He was always trying to redeem the time. The great Lester Sumrall said, there are stages to life. Zero to 30 should be your learning years. 30 to 60, your years of productivity. 60 to 90, your years of multiplication. Now the opposite of redeeming the time is wasting it away. People out there, they're wasting their life on things that mean nothing in eternity. You know, when Kobe Bryant died, they, the world was mourning for him. They're, they're mourning and weeping because they said, this man achieved greatness. But there's nothing great about his life. I'm sorry if I talked about your idol. I gave you a warning. I'm an evangelist. There's nothing great about his life because everything he did, he did it for himself. And who even knows if he's in heaven? But he lived for himself. He lived for the world. And when he died, he made no, he didn't even save one life for the gospel. His life meant nothing in eternity. But you and me, we have something to live for. We could redeem the time. We could live out the gospel. We could see eternity get impact in the time that we have right now. Every one of us, there is a day that is appointed for every one of us. And we don't know when that will be. Some of us sooner, some of us later. 
But no matter what, we should use the time allotted with us right now to preach the gospel, to pray for people, and to live this thing out. Don't waste the time that you have. One of the saddest places in this earth is a graveyard. You can go by a graveyard and it, uh, there's a morbid feeling to that. But it's not so much the people that are dead and buried. But it's what's buried inside those people. People that had the gifts of God. The callings of God. People that could have shook in the nations of the world. But because they spent it on all these other things. They buried, them, they buried it with them to the ground. If you ever look at a tombstone. There's two, more, there's two important dates. The day that you were born and the day that you found out. And the day of death. The day that you were born, important. The day of death, extremely important also. But that's not the most important. The most important is the dash right in the middle. Because that dash represents what they did for God. And every one of us, when we die as believers, we will sit on the judgment seat of Christ and God will ask us, what did you do with the dash? What did you do with the one life that I gave you? Did you spend it in double-mindedness? Did you give it to all of your plans and your goals? What did you do with the dash? That dash is most important. Never allow distractions to take you out of the will of God. Because the enemy knows if he can't just throw sin in your life, you've been delivered, you don't drink, you don't smoke anymore, but now he can't just get you by sin. So what does the devil do? He plans and he throws distractions. And the road of distraction is always the road of destruction. I've seen more people get taken out for the gospel. Not so much because of sin. Yes, there's sin. But it was those distractions. The compromises. They would never dream at all of skipping church for work. But then just another compromise. And then the friends would pull on them. All of these distractions add up. The path of distraction is always the path of destruction. Now I close. John 9, 4. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is still day. Night is coming when no man could work. One lesson I learned about this whole coronavirus is that we are living on borrowed time. Everybody had their plans and all of that and the whole world got shut down. And when Jesus said this, he says, we must work the works of him who sent us. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no man could work. This is almost like a wake-up call. This whole thing was a dress rehearsal for the end of days. And it's almost like God stepped right into the middle of everybody's routine. And he shook them. The Bible talks about whatever could be shaken uh, will be shaken. And every one of us has had our lives shaken. But this is not something 
for us to go backwards. Uh, this is not something uh, for us to get depressed. Uh, but this is a wake-up call that when the doors begin to open up again uh, into the nations, uh, when the doors begin to open up again in the neighborhoods, uh, that we must work the works of him who sent us uh, while there's an opportunity. Monitors, please. Now is not the time to go back to how we used to do things. But it's to have a more urgent hour, a more, there must be a greater response. We must work the works of him who sent us while it is day, because night is coming where no man could work. My flight right before coming here, I remember it was uh, one of those crazy flights. All these connecting flights, and I had one flight from, it was from, uh, um, sheesh, where is it at? I can't even remember. Hello, operator. Anyways. But it was one connecting flight to Phoenix, and, and I had like 20 minutes to get on that flight. I mean, as soon as I land, I had to get, and so what, because I had 20 minutes, I didn't care. You know, I was not Mr. Super Spiritual. I took my bag, went right into the front, pushed whoever I had to get there. Even the, the, the flight attendant said, okay, everybody, you have to stand up when I told, don't be like this guy right here. I mean, everybody's looking at me. I didn't care. I had a flight to catch. That's how we should live our lives. Not caring what people think about us. Not caring what people say about us. But having that urgency. Because we, have, we know we're living in the last days. If you're not convinced we're living in the last days, then we need to pray for you for other problems. But we are living in the last days. The Apostle John, he said, Beloved, now is the final hour. If John almost 2,000 years ago, said that we are in the final hour, then we are surely living in the last second of that final hour. More closer to the coming of Christ than we've ever even thought about. The church has been preaching about the last days for almost 2,000 years. Every church age has been preaching about the last days. And who knows, if, if this generation passes, and uh, the, the hundred years passes, and Jesus doesn't come back, that church age will still be preaching about the last days. But listen to me. You are living in your last days. Every one of us, we are living in our last days. You could be 14 years old, 16, in the prime of your life. Life goes by so fast. Every one of us, as soon as we were born, we are living in our last days. Life goes by more faster than you ever think. And the next moment, they'll be lowering your body into the grave. Every one of us is living in our last days. And the Bible says we must use it. We must use it and redeem the time because the days are evil. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.